Welcome back to the Location Football Club. Coming up in this episode, we'll be chatting to Wickham Wanderers defender slash midfielder Jasper Pattenden about his footballing journey from non-league to the Football League. I don't know if many people will say it, but I quite enjoy that that nasty side of the game. And then I remember the email came at half past nine the next day. She said, unfortunately, and as soon as I saw that, I didn't want to read anymore. We're wasting no time with nope. the next signing. We're getting straight into it. We're not messing about like Arsenal <laughs> did with Declan Rice. Nope. We are making this announcement right now. We are delighted to say that joining the Location Football Club is Wickham Wanderers defender slash midfielder Jasper Pattenden. How are you, my friend? Yeah, no, I'm very well. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. New season, a year at Wickham. How's pre-season been treating you? Yeah, no, it's been really good. It's sort of been first pre-season under the new gaffer. Obviously, came in halfway through the season last year. When Ainsworth moved on, obviously did a great job. If everyone's very familiar with him around the club, having sort of been such a club legend, and everyone was kind of a buzzing as soon as as soon as we saw him walk through the door, and and was excited for for the change. Obviously, not great deal change last year, sort of not much he could do. But we've really seen like coming back into preseason, the stamp that he's put on it. Obviously, the signings he's made, um, a real sort of mark of intent for the season ahead, and the vibe in the change rooms top as it always is there. I suppose with Football League pre-seasons, you can't really get away with anything because everything's tracked and monitored. How does that compare to non-league pre-season? Yeah, obviously it's a lot different from pre-seasons in the past. Before I signed here, it's very much you run and, and that that's that. You might do, some clubs I know do a bleak test or a Bronco test or a 1.2 kilometre test. It's pretty standard, but yeah, I mean, you're just sort of running against yourself and the difference is, Everything, like you say, is 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 monitored. We wear heart monitors and GPS everywhere. Distances, yeah. So, any boys who, who think they're coming back to get away with murder, yeah, no chance. What are the biggest challenges from going from non-league to the football league? First of all, one of my biggest challenges was taking the step from academy football to men's football, and it's something that if I ever I speak to anyone now who's who's been released from academy at a similar age to I was, or is in a position where they're a young lad with no club or it's, you've got to play men's football. And I think I can't, couldn't be more grateful and sort of push something more than playing men's football at an early age. And I think that's something that's really helped me then moving into the professional environment in the EFL with Wickham, being able to have those men's games under your belt, deal with the physicality of, of the men's game is, is, is massive. And I think the biggest change is just, it's just the sharpness, the consistency. It's training every day. It's allowing your body to adapt and get used to the, the physical loads. But, I've loved it. I felt like the, the transition's been relatively smooth. Um, obviously, the bits and bobs that were different. Um, some of the stuff seems pretty similar, but no, I've absolutely loved it. You mentioned the physical side. Was there a mental aspect to it as well? Did you sort of have to change your mindset, making that step up, maybe be a bit more stricter with yourself? Yeah, of course. I mean, the the jump from, from non-league to the football league is not only a, a relatively big jump in terms of the football, it's that other side of life, moving away from family, a few more sacrifices than than you would have had to have made living 20 minutes away from from the football club. But I think that just comes hand in hand. But you've also got that support there on a, on a bigger scale to to help you through that. And some players need more than others, where others are sort of left to their own devices and, and know what they need. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's that and the, the mental aspect of thinking about preconceptions before I went, thinking about potential egos, these players that I know have played in the Premier League. It's all of that, but no, I, I was extremely pleasantly surprised and it's an unbelievable group. And we know that 
uh, making the jump was tough. What was the toughest element about playing at non-league level? It's the physicality, it's definitely, and I think everyone will probably say the same thing. Yeah, it's just when you're sort of 15, 16, and you sort of first start playing men's football, it's a bit of a shock to the system. Um, I remember when I was 15, I played in a friendly for Worthing um, against Loxwood, who are a county league side. The first five minutes, picked the ball up in the pocket, and I got absolutely smashed. And I think I was like, oof. Right, okay, a little bit of an early induction to what the next few years might hold. But again, I wouldn't change any of that. It's been great. And I I mean, I don't know if many people will say it, but I quite enjoy that that nasty side of the game, that that bit of it. So I've embraced it and it's, it's, it's definitely helped me making the move. You mentioned sacrifices earlier on. I know that you live down south and you've now moved to Wickham, but you're living in digs. So you're living with another family. So what's that like? Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a massive family man. That family is everything to me. And it's that was scary at first, sort of moving away from home and never been away from my family before. And like you say, you think about, oh, am I going to miss my family? What's it going to be like? Obviously with Diggs, you, before having met who I'm staying with, you're not sure what they're going to be like. Am I going to settle? But honestly, the, the people that I live with, Mike and Kathy Lock, are unbelievable. Like, it is like a home away from home now. I'm so comfortable here. My mum and dad absolutely adore them. Um, it's, it's been as smooth as it could possibly be. And I'm extremely grateful to the club for setting me up with that. And obviously Mike and Cathy for, for being so hospitable with me. Did you know Wickham was sniffing around when you were playing for Worthing or other football league clubs were interested in signing you? The way it all came about was, was a little bit different. And I'm sure it's not how most people would, would make their move. I got told sort of, there were a couple of clubs interested about maybe March time, March, April time. And then I knew that Wickham was one of those names alongside with a couple of other clubs who were who were keen. And I remember I sort of sat down with my agent and said, look, I'm going to be brutally honest. And this is, I've told a couple of people this. I wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do. I was more than happy at Worthing. We were having an unbelievable season. I'd I'd built up a, a coaching business of my own and I was enjoying doing that. So for me, it was like this, is, I'm really enjoying life right now. So there was that hesitation in terms of, is that what really what I want? And I remember saying to my agent, I said, I don't want to do anything until we've won the league as Worthing. I said, it's been three years on the bounce. We came so close with COVID. It's like, this is such a long time coming. I don't want to go anywhere or do anything until like that's done and dusted. And then as soon as we won the league, that game away at Bowles and Pitsy, um, we had a we had a good weekend. Went to Dublin, and then yeah, it was like yeah, I, I do want to do this. I thought at the end of the day, if it's something I don't enjoy, there's no harm done. But I loved it. Was was offered a contract, and I'm so grateful that I did go for that opportunity, and obviously grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. What was the turning point? I think I mean I've, my family aren't football. Fa- I don't have a football family at all. My dad never played football. My mum, I wouldn't say she despises football, but without me and my brother in the house, she wouldn't never even turn her nose up to football, especially being my dad because he's a musician. I never, ever felt pressure from family to do anything, especially in a sporting world. It was always 100% support for what I want to do. So when I told them, I'm not sure I want to do it, they said, look, you can do whatever you want. But what they said was, what's the worst thing that can happen? You go there, doesn't doesn't work out. You're back to doing what you love and what you enjoy right now. Nothing changes, but you might not get an opportunity like this again. Worst case scenario, you take the opportunity, not a fan, you go back or it can it can work out for you and it, it can change your life. And and yeah, here we are. 
What advice would you give to players currently playing in non-league wanting to make the jump that you have to the football league? Maybe thinking, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to ever get this opportunity. But yeah, what, what tips, advice can you give to them? We're so privileged now to, to have an unbelievable amount of players in the non-league. It's, it's crazy. I, I pick through my social media and all the time I see more and more players making the move now. And it's like, it's so impressive that clubs are now sort of giving the non-leagues the attention that I don't think they probably got a few years ago. But no, I mean, it's the first thing for me is play. Just go and play. I know there's a lot of lads who get a bit worked up on wanting to find a professional club and a bit hesitant of going to play in non-league because of a stigma it attaches. Oh, it's non-league football. But I mean, non-league football has evolved so much. It's The standard is so high now, especially sort of, obviously the National League's always been good, but National League South, the Bostick Premier League or the Eastman Premier League and the Eastman South now, the standards are so high, you just got to go and play. And there are people watching. There is the proofs in the pudding with sort of players like myself and, and hundreds of others over the last couple of years. Go and play, enjoy your football and then let nature take its course. And if things happen for you, then they will. You mentioned that your family aren't a football family. Who did you sort of turn to for advice sort of to make that final decision to make the jump up? Did you speak to Adam, your manager, or did you speak to George, the owner? Or what, what did they have to say about the move and making that next step? Yeah, look, Hinch has always been has always been great with me. I've always had such a great relationship with Hinch since I came through the door at 15 to moving on at 25 years later. Um, Hinch had obviously played for Wickham. Um, so he, he knew Gareth Ainsworth as well. And I remember him saying to me when, when I, I called him after, sort of I went in for a few days and, and I said, look, they, they've offered me something. And he was buzzing for me. He was super happy. As you can see, Worthing's been such an amazing success story. Like the amount of players that have come out there and made that jump. And and I remember sort of doing a bit of off-season training before pre-season with him and a couple of other lads at Worthing. And him saying to me, yeah, he'll love you. You'll be great. Like, it'll be so good. And having sort of that from someone who's not only played at the club, but sort of played professionally and someone I've worked really closely over the last five years was was a privilege to have. Um, but so I don't like necessarily talking about football all the time. Um, I know it's, it seems weird. It's it's my job and I absolutely love playing football. But when I'm not playing football, if someone talks to me about football or we're sitting around a table having dinner and someone brings up football, I'm like, oh, God, not football again. I absolutely love it. But I mean, I think my mum supports me in that situation because I think she's had enough of the, the football talk around the table. So I like to look out for her. But yeah, family and Hinch was, was absolutely golden with me as well the whole time. What was that first day like with the pictures, with the media? Yeah, it was it, it was it was different. I mean, Worthing, to be fair, for, for, for the level we were at at the time, they were quite on it with their media. I'd, I'd done quite a bit with them and and everyone. I remember when I came down and spoke to, to Phil Catchpole and... And the Wicker media team, they were like, you're, you're PR trained. Um, and so, yeah, so I'd done a few bits and bobs of Worthing. But it's it's that whole, I think for me, it was when the pictures, I got them and I was allowed to post them. It's like, wow, oh, it's mad. It is crazy. And then sort of seeing the reaction of other people, I think was was unreal. But I don't think I fully took it in or appreciated it until I actually had the pictures on my phone. Like the day just feels a bit like a blur. I remember going to visit the stadium and, and signing the contracts and being with my family. And then it really all sort of took off afterwards when I sort of posted on social media and it's like, oh my life, this is this is real. And then it, you sort of start to realise, yeah, I'm so happy. I'm obviously so proud to, to be able to call this a job and, and play for this club. And what was that game like, EFL Cup, Northampton, 
making your debut. One, what's it like walking out in front of all those fans? Thousands and thousands. I know Worthing got good numbers, but Wickham's another level. Do you get nervous when you're playing in front of so many people? And just describe that emotion of, of making your debut. Yeah, so... One thing, I'm a terrible waiter. I hate waiting. If I could turn up 10 minutes before the game, put my kit on and play, I would. I hate that hour before the game when not much is going on, sitting in the changer and that. That's the bit for me where I wouldn't say I get particularly nervous as such, but I sort of, I get a little bit, okay, apprehensive. I, I'm prepared, but all that time waiting, you sort of think over in your head okay, I'm making a professional debut. Like, this is something that I've dreamed of since I was a lad. And it, it's actually going to happen. I remember we were, because Northampton's not far from Wickham, it's about 40 minutes up the road. And we went for pre-match at a hotel just before the ground. Um, and I remember Gareth Ainsworth was was ill at the time. So Dobbo, the assistant manager, who's also gone with him to QPR, um, took the pre-match meeting and sort of you flick a slide and and the team comes up on the, on the board and it's like, oh my God. And then, Dobbo was great with me. He just said, look, you've been a breath of fresh air since you came in. You deserve to, to be playing. Don't worry about where you've come from, who you're playing against, what the competition is. Just enjoy it. Like, And I think that helped me massively. It's like just another game. And then as soon as you get out on the pitch and the whistle goes, I mean, people will probably say the same. If you're playing in front of 500 people, 5,000 people, 50,000 people, whatever it is, it's, it's just the game of football. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, really enjoyed it. Was fortunate enough to play really well, and, and obviously get the win. And, and the feeling afterwards was was yeah, incredible. You started your career at Brighton. How difficult was it when you heard the news that you would be released? What did they say the reason was as to why they couldn't keep you on? Yeah, no, it was, I was devastated. Joined the academy, joined the pre academy when I was about seven, and and signed for Brighton. Went as early as you can when you turn eight. Um, I saw a lot of change at the club through that time. The build, the build of the Amex, the the new training ground that's in Lansing, which is an incredible facility. At the time, you just feel like this is it. I'm just going to go through. I'm going to play for the first team. I'm going to retire at 36, playing for Brighton, and then happy days. <laughs> but obviously, the harsh reality is there's very, very few players that will ever do that. I remember it was uh, it was the 10th of December 2015 wow. or 2016, 17 maybe, and it was just an email and I didn't have a phone call. I didn't have a meeting. And I remember my coach at the time saying to me the day before, he said, look, I'll have, I'll have see you tomorrow. I'll speak to you tomorrow, which for a 15 year old, I was like, Oh my God, what does that mean? Like I'm playing over in my head. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? And then I remember the email came at half past nine the next day. Um, and it went to my dad's phone and he didn't look at it, gave it straight to me. And the, the first thing it said is that obviously they, they butter you up with a compliment first and then they'll, they'll, they break the news and just said, unfortunately, and as soon as I saw that, I didn't want to read anymore. And I just, the feeling was just horrendous. It felt like, if, it seems crazy to say, but you feel like your life's over. And my initial reaction was, wasn't about necessarily the decision. I just first thought was, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. What's everyone else going to think of me? Which is a ridiculous thing to think at 15 years old. But it was true. And I, I was hated it and then it was horrible for a few weeks and I didn't play football for a little while um, and I remember then I got invited to go back in and train just till the end of the season until I find a club that takes the mick doesn't it that just that just takes the biscuit um, and I did I did go back in and I ended up sort of getting a bit worked up and I let my emotions yeah, get the better of me on the training ground and 
I sort of was, and I left after a few weeks. But yeah, it was tough. Um, wasn't sure if I wanted to play football again, but you get through it, and and finding a club like Worthing to sort of allow me to fall in love with football all over again was was an incredible blessing. Do you think looking ahead, there should be more support for players that have left in that state? Because, like you say, there at fifteen years old. That's a lot mm. to deal with. No, look, it's, I mean, it seems crazy. I'm extremely lucky to have such a supportive family um, and sort of have them there. But I, I completely agree with you. It's, it's how it's such an, a, such an emotional dent for a 15 year old to take. And it's such a vulnerable age in terms of your emotions and everything going on at the time. Um, you're doing your sort of GCSEs. It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I feel like the, there should be more support. I know I'm sure there's other clubs that, do things differently and I'm not I'm not throwing any shade on Brighton by no not at all but and it's the best thing that ever happened to me in my eyes but I know there's players that didn't get a decision then and who were good players and haven't played football since but yeah no, I know I do agree I feel like there should be that support there and I'm sure there might be now more today because things change but at the time sort of it was a little bit deflating and sort of you felt like you were a little bit alone obviously had my family which was which was great Adam brought you in to Worthing as a 15-year-old. How, how did he sell, sell it to you that, that was the right, right move for you, for you with, with your full career. career? I worked with Hinch when I was under 14s. He was my Brighton coach under 14s. Um, so I knew Hinch already. I didn't know much about Worthing or anything like that. I remember him sort of reaching out to my dad and saying, look, I'm the manager of Worthing. We've got so-and-so going on down here. Um, I was 15, so he was saying, look, we've got an under-18s team are doing well. Come down and do, do a training session and see what you think. My first thought was, oh, my God, no, 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 I don't want to go. This is something that I haven't done this. This is new. This is this seems wrong. And I remember I had the exit trials as well coming up. So I had to play in these trials where every single lad who wanted to be there got released from an academy were playing. And no word of a lie, it was the most horrible experience of my life. Like, in terms of football-wise... It was. It felt like a meat market. 40, 50, 60 scouts, six pitches, 12 teams. It was a, a re- mental experience that I will never forget. I remember getting in the car after my granddad and just thinking, what has <laughs> just happened? <laughs> and every lad is trying to impress. So the standard of football is horrific because no one's playing <laughs> as a team. Everyone's just trying to do their own thing. You've got lads who are playing centre-half who are trying to dribble past six players and score. Oh, it's like it's God. just it was crazy but no Hinch called me and I said to dad I don't want to go and he said to me look if you go I'll buy a KFC afterwards <laughs> um, I said alright deal so I went got my KFC um, and I enjoyed it it was great and I remember um, sort of maybe a few weeks later I signed for the under 18s played for the under 18s and then was training with the first team since I was 15 of that um, we know why non-league is the greatest but could you sell non-league football to us why do you think it's so special what's what's your favourite things about it non-league football to me shouldn't be branded as football non-league football is a community it's normality away from football it's that feeling of you go down and watch a football and you're allowed to be social seeing the same faces every week at the same club volunteers who give up hours of their time for a club that they love it's that rawness that I love so much about football of yeah you might be playing on an absolute horse field on a Tuesday night but (laughs) you do it because you love it and just that whole sense of love for a club the community the togetherness is unmatched 
it's so good. But I've got to be honest, I mean, as far as sort of people I've spoken to and my experience, Wickham feels so close to that. And I'm sure anyone you speak to will say how much of a community club it is and the faces and the bonds there. But no, non-league is, is incredible. And I, I absolutely loved playing in, in, in those leagues and, and it was great. Oh, the man. pitch at Wickham's all right though, isn't it? Yeah, no, the pitch is grand. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you don't miss the horse fields now, do you, when you're playing on that carpet? Yeah, no, absolutely. No worries there. But yeah, definitely beats playing East Thurrock away on a Tuesday night. East <laughs> <laughs> Thurrock, we got that little scarf there. When you're playing non-league, you get the pleasure of playing some football league teams in pre-season friendlies. I know Worthing have played Brighton in the past. When you're in the football league, you get the beauty of playing some teams slightly higher up than you. You went and played Arsenal's under-21s team at London Colney in the week. How good are Arsenal's under-21s team? Yeah, they're a joke. Um, <laughs> they're, it's exactly what you'd expect a top six Premier League academy to look like. So well drilled. It's crazy. Every player is extremely comfortable on the ball. The goalkeeper is as comfortable on the ball as the number eight. They're passing, they move the ball slick, they press well. It's just... It's the epitome of total football. As far as pretty football goes, that's that that's what it looks like. And and, and they, they were class, but there's that other side as well, which you get from being an academy, which is like I mentioned, that the physicality, the the set pieces, which obviously you don't get in the the, the Premier League two or that from playing other cat one clubs. But in terms of football, yeah, extremely slick. They move the ball really well and there's some serious players there. You're twenty one. What was it like comparing yourself to the players that are Arsenal? Because you've got a lot of like you say, that rawness, that non-league background, these players have come through the academies. How did you fare up against their players? Yeah, no, it's, it's different. Um, my game's changed a lot since playing in the non-leagues and 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 sort of my football journey taken down that path. And it's then interesting, like you say, to then go up against those lads who would essentially be who you're playing against if you were still at Brighton or or whatnot. And yeah, it's it's good. You feel it makes you feel good. You feel like you can compete well enough. You're there or thereabouts. And I mean, football-wise, they've been in that environment for years and they'll be slightly more well-drilled, which is understandable. But the physicality and that that non-league genre that I probably bring is something that they weren't expecting either. So it's nice to sort of put yourself up against players like that and players that you sort of see on Arsenal fan TV that have been training with the first team and, and all this and it's interesting to see them in the flesh and the way they play but yeah absolutely like you say it's 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 great to sort of put yourself up against players like that and, and see where you match up and they probably didn't expect you to set up the winning goal and there you go yeah that's what I mean that's what I mean <laughs> yeah so yeah obviously it's nice to get an assist and, and, and play well in games like that and yeah Maybe they just didn't see me run off the back of their fullback. <laughs> Did you recognise any of the players that you're up against? Yeah, so actually a couple of the lads I recognised from when I used to play. Like They've obviously come through. Um, there was a lad who played on the wing who I recognised. I know he's been involved with the first team. The first team were obviously in Germany, so all their sort of top under-23 players had, had gone on tour with them. So there are definitely a few younger lads as well. But yeah, I recognised a couple and, and a couple that I'd seen who, who my a couple of my mates are Arsenal fans. So I was sending them photos and... They were saying, oh, yeah, I know him, I know him. And what were the facilities like? I bet the pitch was even better than the one at Wickham. Don't even, honestly, it's oh, it's like <laughs> a whole new world. I mean, you drive in, right, and it's like, yeah, Range Rover, yeah, cheers, Urus, yeah, cheers. And then the pitches are ridiculous. Like, honestly, it's like they've been cut, hand cut by scissors. They are so flat. They're perfect. The pace is perfect, obviously, for them. The way they want to play football, that's the whole design. Um, the gym was great. The 
a couple of the the ladies that were injured were there. So Beth Mead was there, Leah Williamson was there. Oh, so it's good to see them. A couple of injured boys as well, and a certain someone might have been signing as Arsenal deal at the same time. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. The facilities are a joke, and um, it's just sort of shows you what these players get to get to experience week in week out. Final question: What can we expect from you this season in League One? Yeah, the aim for me is I want to play every game. I'm not shy of sort of setting my goals as high as I can. I feel like I'm sort of in a place where I, where I can do that and it's just about performing and training at the highest level I possibly can and then taking those opportunities when they come and, and having a having a successful season and, and getting promoted with Wickham, whether that be automatically or through the playoffs. So those are the goals. I'm confident that, that I and the team will meet them and hopefully we'll be sitting down in a year's time discussing how they all came to fruition. I'm sure we will, mate. Will you be playing right back or right mid? Because I've seen you play a whole load of positions. Very versatile. I know, yeah. Swiss Army knife, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I obviously started as a, as a wide player. I played fullback quite a bit last year. And then sort of when we've looked into a, to a back five, I played wingback. It's mostly it. wingback's my, my sort of best position, that I'd say. Right wingback, sort of best of both worlds. But yeah, it's looking more like wingback this year. Love it. Well, I look forward to keeping an eye out on Wickham's result, yep. mate. Cheers for your time, pal. And wish you all the best for next season. No worries, guys. Thank you very much for having me. What a guy <laughs> Jasper Pattenden is. I love him. I think that might be the best answer to why is non-league football so great you'll ever hear. Yep. I think that sums it up completely that it's not football, it's a community and, and so much more. So yeah, if you ever want to know why non-league's great, just clip that up and play that on repeat. Because yeah, that was perfect. Perfect. And that leads quite nicely to our non-league uh-huh. plugs. The non-league plug, the non-league plug, plug, plug. That's getting longer every week. Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> right, the first one comes from Jordan. Yes, He Jordan. was listening to the Jacko episode and nice. heard us shout out Assington Stanley. Who are they? And he was just wondering, good, if we could give him a shout out for Headingham's United, who play in the Essex and Suffolk Border League. Headingham United. There you go. Out. They just missed out on promotion last season and the reserves play in the same league as Assington in Division 1. And he manages the Sunday side playing in the Braintree and North Essex Sunday League Division. Wow, these leagues are getting nice. longer and longer. And it was their first season last season and they finished mid-table. So there's definitely room for improvement on that yep. one. They went on a 12-game unbeaten run, which was quite respectable. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person. No worries if not, mate, but he thought he'd ask. Well, he asked and we Cheers, delivered. Jordan. Another one? Right, we've got James Gibbs. Um, he's inviting us down to Hanwell Town. Apparently, they've got a double-decker bus that's been kitted up for the VIP hospitality. So, assuming food yes. and just a complete VIP experience. Do you know any more about that? Because I think I know a little bit you. more yeah. about that. Are we going to go and do it? Yeah, well, we know Elsa down yes. at Hanwell Town. Hero. They are a fantastic club and she is doing a brilliant job. So, they are the non-league Geordies. They've invited us back down again onto their double-decker bus, which is their hospitality bus. I'm very we're excited. We're going to make a video about that and see Love that. what it's all about. And apparently the seats are from Wembley. Oh, Club Wembley, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is there if, breaking news as well? There is some breaking oh, news. Dun, dun, dun. I have joined Ipswich Town Football Club for this season as one of their match day presenters, which I'm very much looking forward to it is match day presenting a show a bit like monday night football saturday night football nice. we'll be looking ahead to the game that's happening that day new territory in terms of hosting a main show like that 
Who's involved? Who's involved? Matt Holland's there. Nice. He's going to be have doing you met this. him yet? I have met Matt Holland. He's a very nice yeah. man. Okay. Darren Bent's going to get involved. Darren Arbo's is coming down to do a few shows. I think Jimmy Bullard might even come down. Amazing. Yeah, Maybe we could do exciting. a location football video there. Uh, Ipswich? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Come and do a little behind the scenes exclusive access. I'd love to do some football league teams as well. Yeah, I mean, Championship's definitely. quite high up. But like anyone in League Two as well who wants to get involved or League One. Yeah. Oh, and Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh, yes. Our friend. We went and watched Lloyd yeah. at the O2. Lloyd Griffith. He was supporting Jack Whitehall. We did a little uh, trip to go and see him at the O2 and it was incredible. Yeah, and he's, he's invited us to a Grimsby game. That'd be amazing. In League Two. He said the fish and chips are on him. Okay. So that's going to be good. Looking see forward to that. So we'll be going up to Grimsby at some point. That is the end of episode four. Uh, we will be back for episode five in probably a couple, few weeks' time weeks, yeah. as we're both on our Holly Bobs. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel yep. and obviously follow the Location Football Club on Spotify. See you soon.